listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're tackling a complex subject many salespeople struggle with, and this is the concept of authority marketing, or how to effectively establish oneself in your field as an authority. Right? Everybody's hearing about and talking about personal branding. What does it mean? How do you do it? How do you get it done? It's critical for success today. There's just too many outlets and it did in the digital landscape for us not to be taking advantage of that as sales practitioners. For those in marketing, the question is often, how do I get it done? How do I tackle this topic? To help us with it, we have with us Michael Greenberg, Chief Strategist for Call for Content and author of the Authority Marketing Playbook. Michael, thank you for taking the time and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Chad. So for our listeners, let's give them a little bit more context around Call for Content and your role there. Yeah. So uh, Call for Content is a B2B content marketing agency that specializes in authority marketing and specializes as well in customer-focused content creation. So you guys Uh, actually will do the... So if somebody came to you and said, let's say... Mike, just for example, illustrator purpose, if a VP of Value Prime Solutions came to you and said, hey, we need to do an authority marketing campaign, you would help us craft it, create the content, do the distribution, track the return and the metrics, uh, soup to nuts kind of approach? Exactly. We call it done for you content marketing because ah, there's too it. many people involved otherwise. And it really, it's easiest when you bring it all to one source end to end. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So for our audience, there may be some out there who are not as familiar with the term authority marketing. So I always like to set kind of a contextual landscape and would love to hear kind of your definition of really what is it contained in that phrase. So I think authority marketing is the act of positioning yourself as an expert or authority in a niche in order to bring more business to you. And it's accomplished using some sort of social proof to prove your authority or expertise, but the forms that can take it could be online, could be offline. It really can take a lot of forms from that starting point. It's, it's a complex digital landscape that we live in. A lot of ways to get out there, a lot of ways to get in front of people. So it can be a bit overwhelming. And I, I speak from experience back, back when I had to figure out how we were going to do that for, for our company and for ourselves. It's not easy uh, to really understand you know, where the people are that you want to get in front of and how best to capture their attention and establish yourself as, as, uh, as an authority, as someone to be trusted in terms of you know, information that you can provide. So I'm excited to, to have this, um, this conversation today. I really appreciate the time. So I noticed in the first chapter of your book, you outlined kind of some fundamental rules for, or author, excuse me, for authority marketing. Can you break those down for our audience? Yeah. So authority really comes down to two things in marketing. One is specializing because if you try to be the authority in too many things at once, you end up never really becoming recognized as an authority in any one of them because you have to be that top number one person in their mind in order to really be the authority. You know, maybe number two or three, but 
when you contact them that they have to have one single thing that comes to mind. And so the narrower the field that you work with and the narrower the niche you target, the faster you can reach status as an authority there. And then you can branch out into others, just like uh, saturating one market and then branching out into others as you go. The same works for authority. And so it's not just about, say, um, you know, picking that niche and staying there. It becomes kind of the foundation for expansion. I, and I know we're going a little off script here, but I'm curious. Help me understand. So if we picked a niche, how would you then expand out into other niches? Is it same, same tools, same approach, same thing, just different target? I'm curious if it kind of cannibalizes the sense of authority that one may have in the niche if you start to add others to it or what your experience has been there. So it's a delicate process <laughs> because you can't really leave one behind when you open up the other. Um, and so what you end up doing is you start blending. Maybe you go from social media marketing to start blending in some content marketing. And then over time, you start blending in a little more just broad digital marketing and you sort of step your way up the ladder to Excellent. a broader group, but you have to build that authority in each one and then continue to create content and continue to prove yourself in the fields as you go because and you can't leave one behind. If does that then just, I mean, does it essentially increases the amount of content that one would have to produce? Am I, am I tracking here or am I missing something? Cause it's just, so let's say if we picked, I don't know, sales enablement and you become an authority in that and then you branch out into marketing enablement or some other type. Doesn't that, in order to, to kind of groom the garden you've got, so to speak, doesn't that increase the level of content in total that you're attempting to produce? So you reduce the amount of content for group A when gotcha. you increase the volume for B. And okay. the overall will increase, but it's not a doubling or a tripling each time. Okay. Just a little bit more. Um, okay. Or it could just be one, one regular series. Excellent. Pushes out in that topic. Okay. And are there multiple ways to establish one's authority uh, out there? I mean, I'm not just talking uh, different channels. I mean, the channels are extremely varied, but like methods or approaches that, that you recommend and guide your clients uh, to employ. Yeah. Um, so I like to break down, especially for B2B and especially for business, authority really comes in a few forms. Uh, stamps of approval, be it various well-known certifications, going to a top-tier school, something like that. Um, having some level of success with leadership or business, entrepreneurial success, selling a company, being part of a fast-growing startup, that made some good press, teaching at a really high level, or creating content. And so you can get there through all of them, but some of them you've got to already have done. And then it's <laughs> a matter of proving that you've done that thing. And well, especially, I mean, especially with the schools, right? I mean, having gone to, you know, done my undergraduate and graduate degree, and I maybe someday in the future, 
maybe real thin, but maybe there's a chance I go back. But th- that for me, that would already be, you know, that would already be done. So it would be the other three options. Uh, and so do you have, or have you seen kind of ways uh, to create like that perfect Venn diagram of the overlaps of those three? Or is there one that works better than others or one that is increased in effectiveness if you start to do a second one? Yeah. So having the previous success or having stamps of approval behind you and then moving on to creating content and creating educational content in particular is probably the fastest way because you get that initial boost of authority from having a prior stamp of approval and you can use that to leverage your way up. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing that you've completed in order to get that on. It could be, you know, over a million in sales. That's enough to get you going in most cases. So it's a so it's a proof point, let's say, a verifiable proof point, not just you know being a pundit standing on a soapbox screaming that you're the best. And it's really relative. So if you're trying to target Fortune 500 CEOs, you're going to need a very different level of authority than if you're trying to target a small business owner. And you're going to need authority in very different things. So the content that you might create or the stamps of approval you might have um, would really want to match up with the group you're trying to sell to. And so I, have to, I would have to think that uh, the companies that you work with and that come to you have to be, I mean, just across the board in terms of size of targets that they're going after. Some may be going after Fortune 500, Global 1000, SMBs, uh, mom and pops, public sector versus private. How, do you, how are you guys able to uh, dig into those enough or have, do you, maybe you have a repository of, of information that helps you help your clients regardless of the, uh, say, target that they're focused on? Yeah, we've got a pretty step-by-step approach to researching the ideal customers to target. And we've got a few size ranges we look at generally under 10,000 potential targets in a market um, when we really want to go in and start building out content. So we take a very, very targeted approach both to the content we create with a client as well as the way we reach out to uh, help the client build authority through networking or through any other means uh, in that target group. Because at the end of the day, we're really only trying to get 1,000 or 2,000 new potential relationships for them. And that should be more than enough for a good sales or marketing team to close out. Okay. And so how, in, how do people effectively differentiate? Because the you know, authority marketing or, or the, the personal branding or any of those types of things, it's, it's a hot topic. It has been for a while. And so you, you constantly or consistently see, um, you know, I especially see on LinkedIn, uh, other people that are attempting to establish themselves as authority. So the market starts to get crowded. Um, how do you help them? You know, what's the biggest challenge that people have when they come to you and say, hey, I can't figure this out? So I see two challenges in concert. Um, People have difficulty continuing to build up a base of content over time. And the reason for that is because they're taking a shotgun approach. And if you're building content into broad an area 
or you're not building content that's immediately uh, and directly impactful to your customers, then you're going to end up burning out before you can really see the results of creating that content. So generally, the recommendation I end up having is to specialize further. Be, and the way I sort of like to pitch it out is a spotlight will outshine a floodlight and a laser will outshine both. Ah, so you really I like want that. To get that laser um, if everybody's using a spotlight. And if everybody's still on floodlights in the space, then all you need is a spotlight. Excellent. And is it, do you find it challenging? Um, you know, because I, I think about personal context, right? So sales enablement space is, is pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty flooded, right? There's a lot of people out there. So you have a process and I'm not asking you to give away the, give away the goods, but there's a step-by-step process to help people get seriously um, specialized with inside of say that type of market. Oh yeah. And that comes down to really positioning even more than just within what you specialize in doing, but who you do it for. So, so think about more about, okay, I want to run a campaign over the next six, three, six, 12 months that's focused on a very specific uh, problem and people that would have that problem. So inside of, again, I, not to go back to sales and Emma, it's just, it's kind of obviously what's on my mind. But for our customers, it's like, we have a lot of people that talk about challenges around prospecting. And then you could go even one step further and say, okay, they have problems around, I don't know, picking up the phone, cold calling. Is that kind of the, the stair step down that we're, we're talking about here? Yep, exactly. And yeah. building that in with say, so if your issue is prospecting as a SaaS company selling to the automotive sector, let's say, that is a unique set of problems that you might not find in SaaS selling to other B2B tech companies. Okay. And so you really want to you want to go down to the point where the problems are unique to the customers you're selling to. Okay. Got it. Excellent. And so how much I mean everybody has, you know, day jobs. We, <laughs> we all have to make the money. Um how much time and focus should somebody be ideally putting on, you know, their authority marketing or developing the content or a, you know, kind of a sweet spot you found that that enables people but doesn't hamper them? Yeah. Um, first off, whatever you have time for. <laughs> Getting out there and making the content is step one. But two hours a week is the number I generally throw out to people that if you want to go at it alone, that's enough time to record a podcast or that's enough time to write a blog article every week. And that's just enough to get going. If you're trying to create monthly content, then maybe you just do two hours a month, daily, two hours a day. And so the two hours for one piece of content is the rule of thumb I give and try to shoot for weekly. If you can put together a two-hour presentation on a topic each month, you will have enough content to then be split up for several pieces over that month. 
so kind of turkey turkey legging was the was the term we always used. Uh, you come up with a big piece of content, say a white paper or you know two hour presentation, like you said, breaking that into smaller chunks that are more applicable to different channels. So if white paper or blog posts, uh, chunk that out into things on say Twitter um, that are shorter, more impactful, uh, cleaner hits type of thing. Is that kind of what we're what we're looking at? Yeah. Though the reason I say in particular a presentation is because a presentation is so dense with information that a two-hour presentation could be eight blog posts. Excellent. And an That's, ebook. Yeah, I was just saying it could go the other direction too. Yeah. And another set of, you know, a dozen twelve-minute videos or five-minute video clips um, teasing out facts, plus all the social media. And okay. so if you have that, you can really break it down as fine as you need to create a full content schedule every month. Okay. And this, and, you know, having, uh, having tried my hand at, I'm one of those guys that, you know, we tried to go it alone. Uh, we've, we've since <laughs> called in the cavalry for help because it can get, um, you know, to be a challenge. Do you see your customers struggle or just in general people in the authority marketing uh, attempting authority marketing struggle with what they uh, so la my familiarity with sales makes me think that there's not really much new stuff to say about it and so i'm wondering if somebody comes to you do you see this kind of hurdle that they have to overcome where they realize they do have a great deal of valuable knowledge but it's um it there may be even more of it than they're aware of because their proximity to it makes them value it less. So how, do you understand where I'm going with this? So if I know the space so well, and when, when you would say, if somebody were to say, well, hey, what's new in sales? Well, it's, you know, it's the same game it's always been. But then more questions dig into that. And I realize, okay, well, there's a lot of experience that to me feels commonplace, but to many others doesn't. Is that a hurdle that you run into with your, with your clients or you see in the market? Oh, yeah. And that's one of the reasons I call myself the chief interviewer and strategist occasionally. Right. Uh, because much of the work that we do is building out structured interviews to pull the information out of clients. Okay. Uh, because they, we know they know the answers to the questions we have, but they don't realize that that's good content there. Ah, excellent. So it's the percept. We always, uh, somebody said on a podcast I was talking to the other day that you can't, you cannot bring in-house perspective. You can't in-house perspective. And I think that's a, a extremely valuable uh, asset uh, that you guys are bringing to the table. I have to ask though, how did you get started in not just, I mean, building your own brand, but what was it about the authority marketing field that kind of drew you in? So I actually came in the back way. Um, I worked as a growth strategy consultant specializing in technology-enabled processes and was working with a client who had a huge backlog of audio content that needed to be turned into new content. Um, I started researching that, realized that much of the content creation processes we're using now were pretty inefficient. And so started working on those, then realized when I started selling those that my clients didn't have the real positioning that they needed in the marketplace. And so I started to specialize myself in that direction 
until I stopped just doing the content creation and I moved to the full done for you content marketing. Now we're getting ready to relaunch content creation as sort of a pay as you go service, but that's just because clients want to be able to use us without the strategy for some of the stuff that they just can't quite afford to do with us yet. Like uh, books in particular. For books? Oh yeah. So you guys will do, do you, not to give away the stuff, but I'm just I'm dying to know. You guys will, will you guys ghostwrite books for people? Uh, I don't like to call it ghostwriting. It's more um, sort of a dictation service with a bit of help on top in outlining. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. That's good to know. Actually, let me make a note for myself on that one. Sorry, audience. It's not always all about you. Uh, I'm going to make a note for myself there. <laughs> um, Excellent. And so is there a particular aspect of authority marketing that you find you're more passionate about than other? Like, for example, doing, you know, doing the dictation service with the books or do you enjoy helping them create blog content or, or, or what's the part that you really find yourself uh, getting the most excited about? I'm really a strategy guy. So my, my favorite part of the job is when we start executing a campaign and then the client can see it work because a lot of times somebody will come to me and maybe have had a bad experience in the past with content or not or gone after seo or something vaguely in the same area um, and had a bad experience there and so being able to show that we can create relationships with this that it might not have to be a six-month wait is my favorite part uh, because I feel like we use pretty unique strategies both for our content creation and for our actual uh, content marketing. And it's, it's nice to see that in action because that's really where, where I started with this is building out those processes and the strategies built on top of them. Perfect. So if there, are, if there are three takeaways that you would want our audience to have that helps them expand their understanding of, of authority marketing, just three things right off the top of your head that you believe would, would help them in the long run, what, you know, what are those three takeaways? Authority is relative. So know who you are and know who your customer is and prove yourself to your customer based on the questions they have. Um. Create content regularly. And if your content isn't working, then you need to turn up the brightness and focus down to a laser. So increased focus to increase the brightness. I like that. We're going to use that in the promos. <laughs> um, Excellent. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. And I kind of skipped ahead here. I, I, so we'll consider that kind of the acceleration insight that we usually ask. But as you know, an expert in the field of authority marketing, there's got to be a lot of people that want to 
capture your attention and get in front of you. And so I, I like to ask all of our guests, you know, considering how hard it is to oftentimes get uh, people's attention, uh, especially cold, if, if somebody wants to capture your attention, if they want to get you to have a conversation, you know, provide some of your time to them, what do you find to be the most effective way of them doing that? So to build the credibility, to, you know, pique your interest uh, and get that meeting set up if they don't know you, don't have an existing relationship, it's completely just out of the blue. So if you're trying to get some insight on how I market, then I am always happy to talk about that. Just shoot me an email. Um, if you can't find my email, then you're probably not a strong enough marketing or sales professional. But I'm <laughs> that, that, that's, that's 101 these days. <laughs> um, and if you're going for sales, then show me the numbers and show me how you got them. Because I... I don't want to hear your pitch. I want to see what value it provides me with. Excellent. Excellent, Michael. This has been great. So if, if, uh, if I would say, I was going to say if a listener's interested in talking to you more, but we basically just told him, Hey, you'll respond to the email if you can find his email address. So I'm not going to make it that simple for our guests and say, Hey, here's Michael's email address. Uh, so don't do that. But other than that, if somebody wanted to reach out, um, and talk more about you know authority marketing, or they wanted to find out more about the book, or get the book autographed. Um, aside from email, what would be the next best way to you know reach out and ask questions about the show? Uh, go to callforcontent.com, and we've got Drift on the site. If you just use that little live chat, you'll eventually get connected with me. If the chatbot can't answer the question itself, excellent. So I have to ask, do you? Um, Drift and the chat element on websites. Have you found that to be extremely effective for your business? So I'm just getting into it now. Um, I'm actually revamping my entire website and sales and marketing funnel to center around using a chatbot. Ah, interesting. It's going to become a little mini AI librarian on the website. So any topic, you'll be able to break down into the various questions we have answered on the topic. And if it isn't answered, then it'll get bumped up to a person. Wow. That's a heck of an endeavor and a great use of the technology. Uh, I see a lot of people just kind of stick it on their site and be like, hey, we're here if you want to talk. Um, I can understand how the strategy side is what excites you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, perfect. So I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. It's been great having you, having the conversation. I've truly enjoyed it. So have I. It's been a lot of fun. All right, everybody, does it for this episode. Please check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode out there. You know the drill. Send us suggestions for other individuals you'd like to have on the show. And until next time, we at Value Prime Solutions wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.